All right, welcome back, Mike Smith. This uh, my guest is Keith Baldry, Global News Bureau Chief at the BC Legislature. Baldry's beat. Hey, Keith. Hey, Mike. Okay, earlier on the show, I talked to Terry Lake. Remember him, the oh, former, yeah. the former uh, good health minister, former health minister. He was health minister for many years uh, in the previous Liberal government, and he dealt with the opioid overdose crisis mm-hmm. when the Liberals were in power. And it was the Liberals actually declared a public health emergency yep. back then. Um, so a lot of people, a lot of people will kick the Liberals for being uh, for for not addressing the crisis adequately. The NDP took a lot, of, tore a lot of strips off them over that. But they did declare it a public health emergency, and he was right in there. So one of the things he said was he he believes that. Uh, the overdose crisis is being caused by a lot of different things and the people using drugs alone during this mm-hmm. pandemic, the tightened border restrictions leading to more, potentially leading to a more poisonous drug supply in the streets. But he also thought that the availability, the wide availability of government money, primarily the $2,000 a month CERB benefit, mm-hmm. could be fueling the drug overdose death rate. As people get this money into their hands, people are desperately addicted. Guess what? They spend on drugs. It's this is an old story. I mean, we see we see kind of drug user rates potentially go up on on well, check days, well, for, for example, when yeah. people get uh, their employment insurance. We had an, a lot of interesting calls in the open line, frontline healthcare workers yep. phoning and saying, "Yeah, I'm seeing this up close." Your thoughts? Yeah, that you had that one um, a nurse, I think, phone in uh, frontline nurse saying she that sees she, it. She sees it every day. Yeah. That uh, extra few hundred dollars in people's hands translates into more drug use. I think Terry Lake's right. I mean, and at least a little point, the chief coroner and Dr. Bonnie Henry agree on some key points with Terry Lake. The pandemic is driving these numbers right now. People are isolated. They're using drugs alone. People aren't checking on each other as much as they used to, right. uh, which saved literally so many people uh, in the, before the pandemic. Then you throw in the CERB, and neither LaPointe or Henry have addressed the CERB aspect, but Terry Lake's not the only one to point out CERB is putting money into the hands of people who are addicted and a substantial more money. And it's obvious that if you're an addict, your first priority is to, to satiate your addiction. Uh, so, but I'm not sure what the answer is. Well, that's like, the thing. You're that's not going to kill thing. the CERB. I mean, yeah. CERB is serving millions of people right now who yeah. are not drug addicts, who need this money literally to survive. So right. that's not – and Trudeau today announced uh, it's going to be extended. No surprise. Uh, but, you know, maybe it gets tinkered with. Uh, small business owners, talk to a number of them who say they can't hire back their staff because they're earning, their part-time staff because they're earning more on the CERB than they would if they were getting paid to actually work. That's a that's a bit of a wrinkle or a loophole that may be fixed over time. But I'm not sure how you translate um, the CERB into denying it from people who have addiction issues. I just don't see how that works. Well, I guess you could make an argument that some people are getting the CERB that do not qualify for it. They're not eligible for it. There are lots of stories out there of drug dealers who are encouraging people to apply yeah. apply for this lots benefit. Of fraud. Yeah, that's going on. I mean, but like you said, what do you do about it? I mean, do you cut people off? I don't think you can. No, I don't think you can. And I think it's either something you just have to learn to live with in this new reality we're all in in this pandemic. We're doing things we never thought possible before. I mean, CERB is basically the equivalent of a guaranteed annual income, which has been the subject of debate for decades. Should we have something like this? And uh, so many governments said, no, we can't afford something like that. Well, now we have a guaranteed annual income, and it's just been extended. It's, we haven't got to an annual part of this, but it's a guaranteed income, and that was just unheard of months ago. With the record number of overdose deaths we see in the province last month, though, I wonder if there's pressure on the Horgan government here right now to be doing more to address it. I mean, we've had Bonnie Henry saying that we should decriminalize the possession mm-hmm. uh, possession of these drugs. Um, that hasn't happened. Uh, maybe you need more intervention here. Uh, I, I think we need more uh, treatment and recovery. Of course, people who are desperately addicted 
not well, all of them will go into treatment, of course, but... One thing we've learned in this pandemic is nothing's off the table. Again, yeah. I, I've been pointing this out since day one. Um, expect the unexpected. Things we've never thought even possible before are becoming possible. And yeah. and governments are agreeing to policies that were unheard of uh, before the pandemic. So, yeah, going forward, it's not... in The, the chances of decri- <coughs> decriminalization have never been better than they, were, than they are right now. The chances of, of free drug distribution have never been better than they are right now. And there now. is some of that going on, but people yep. are wondering if, if, if there is enough. I mean, there are 5, 000, an estimated 5,000 intravenous drug users in the downtown east side, mm-hmm. and I don't think all of them are getting a, uh, you know, this, this safe supply of drugs that the government's talking well, about. Well, one of the big problems, and Lisa LaPointe, the chief coroner, has talked about this, uh, is because of the border restrictions, it's, it's affected the chain of supply for right, the drugs. Yes. And the drugs now, as a result, sort of a side issue, are more toxic. They're being yes. cut with more things. And so they are more dangerous than they were before, and they're less plentiful, and that adds up to a very dangerous situation for drug users. Yeah, it's really uh, one of the tragic factors of this pandemic. You're following the numbers closely. We continue to do well in British Columbia, mm-hmm. but I know you look closely outside of BC too, oh, and yeah. the risk may be right across the border in Washington State. What's the latest there? It's amazing. BC is almost an oasis of calm of COVID when you compare us to so many parts of the world. Uh, you know, I, just, uh, I look at Washington State numbers every day. Every day at 4:30, an email comes in from the Seattle Times telling me. What the what the new COVID situation is like? They've been averaging almost 300 cases a day. That's a day. Wow. They only one. Their population is one and a half times the size of British Columbia. So they yeah. should be. They're, they're tracking about seven times the number of cases. It's way out they're of They're also whack. tracking about seven times the number of deaths. There's in the last week alone. There's been a, almost 1,800 cases, almost 60 deaths in Washington State. That's just one border state <coughs> with us. <coughs> Excuse me. The the number of the United States though. There are seven states at least where the COVID numbers are almost out of control. Texas, uh, Arkansas. Florida, uh, Oregon, California, the, the, the numbers are just escalating rapidly as they come out of that Memorial Day weekend where there was many mass gatherings and where the restrictions started to be eased. Uh, you see a lot of uh, 22 states are now tracking worse than they were at the beginning of the pandemic. But then you step outside of the United States, go to Mexico, Brazil, India, where Again, the deaths are incredibly high from COVID-19, and we're not talking nursing homes here or necessarily all elderly people. This just shows you the perniciousness of this virus and why we have to be on our guard in B.C. Uh, that this thing cannot get out of hand, which is why the U.S. border is going to remain closed for a long time. It's not opening this summer. I don't think it'll open this fall until those numbers in the states get under control uh, and until Ontario and Quebec get under control, the border is simply not going to open. Okay, so we keep the U.S.-Canada border shut down essential to non-essential traffic, right? That's Subject to the odd loophole. I don't know if you've seen this, this story floating around. I've been getting so many emails on this, and it's been all over Twitter. Is this uh, family from Texas oh, yeah, yeah. argued their way across the border saying they were on their way to Alaska. And, of course, they decided to camp in Banff and <laughs> Texas license plates. It's almost become this urban legend, uh, but there's so much attention paid to this. Are people, are Americans exploiting a loophole? I just, I want to get to Alaska. Let me in. Either they're escaping the states or they're just trying to come in for a vacation. I think it's blown out of proportion, but it's an example of how much nervousness there is out there amongst people about the U.S. border. Okay, what about... Don't want Americans to come in. What about travel within British Columbia, right? We're supposed to be going to phase three pretty soon, which would include people being, hey, go on a vacation 
NBC. Yep. Travel with NBC. Rediscover well, your own province. John Horgan said the other day he wants record domestic tourism this summer. What's what, happening there? Bonnie Henry says she wants to go on a trip in BC soon. So uh, the, re the phase three, which is the next reopening, is supposed to come at least 28 days after the May 19th opening. Those are That represents two incubation periods of the COVID-19 virus. And Dr. Bonnie Henry says she wants to see the numbers through those 28 days. For most of those 28 days, we're not there yet. I think Wednesday would be ideally the, the day we would, we would, uh, would be the 29th day. Okay. Uh, we'd reopen. Now, a note, uh, we would, we were trucking along with pretty good single digit, uh, COVID-19 cases every day. And that's pretty encouraging. Friday was 16. We haven't had any numbers since then. We'll see what happens for Saturday, Sunday, and, and this morning. We get the numbers at three o'clock. Uh, today, if the numbers, uh, I suspect, if we're below 50 in total, that would be online on track for uh, going to phase three. If we're over 50, and I'm just throwing this out arbitrarily, uh, but just again looking at Dr. Bonnie Henry's response on the numbers every day that we've been doing for 90 days now, uh, I think that may be problematic. She has raised the possibility that phase three might be later in June or even early July, but uh, mm. we'll, we'll find out this week if we're going to that. Fa so phase three is more travel in the province, encouraged to right. travel. Don't go outside the province, but uh, hotels and resorts would open. More provincial parks would open. More campgrounds would open. Um, and just to pick one sector, but which the government has picked, is the film industry. Domestic film yep. uh, production would begin as well. So that would be the next phase, and hopefully that starts Wednesday, but we're a, not going to know that yet. A lot of struggling industries, like the film industry, like the tourism industry, just hoping and praying that we get to this phase three here, maybe this week. So the border remains closed to non-essential travel. Unless potentially you're an NHL hockey player okay. and you're coming to Vancouver to be uh, play on uh, in Vancouver as a hub city, if that is approved. Now Horgan said famously the other day that hey, they'd be great if NHL players come here. Bring your family; they'll love it. And you see, you see Bonnie Henry now making it very clear that is not on. Have a listen to this. Here's Bonnie Henry here talking about NHL hockey players and their families. Teams would have no contact with the public with no spectators and no families. Teams that are in small pods of less than 50, that are in um, what we would call a household bubble. So, so it was a very um, detailed, well-thought-out plan that did not involve families coming for the players. Okay, what was Horgan talking about when he was saying, bring the family, this will be great? He I was think, wrong. I think John Horgan sometimes gets a little ahead of himself uh, compared to where uh, Dr. Henry is. So one example was the travel. Um, the Premier left the impression a few weeks ago, now was the time to travel, uh, get out there and travel. And Dr. Bonnie Henry had to come out and say, no, that's not right now. And that's not till phase three. Um, and now we've got another example of, I think, uh, oh, no, another one was the, in terms of mass protest. Uh, John Horgan said it was fine as long as you kept your social distance. It was okay to gather in what he called the town square. Well, he said he didn't like it. He was a, he would prefer it not to happen. He preferred these protests not to take place. Sort of, but he said it was you had the right to gather in the town square is what okay. he said. And so he that said was wear a, a mask. Yeah, and that was a little out of step with Dr. Bonnie Henry, who said uh, no, doesn't want this to happen at all. Now you've got the family situation at NHL players, which uh, I'm sure is going to be resolved. Here's what I think about Horgan and this NHL thing. Is this politics for him? I mean. And is this just what he sees as a political win? If I can be the guy who is given credit for putting NHL back on TV 
and the games are being played in British Columbia. That's good politics for John Horgan. No, you know, That's I, good politics for me and the NDP. I, I Is that what's going on here? No, because because I talk to people sometimes. They say, why are we even doing this? I don't. It's not like we're getting a big economic bounce no. out of it. You can't go to the games anyway. I think it's John Horgan being a sports fan. I don't think it's John Horgan being a, a, looking at the politics of this. I don't think he had a big meeting with his advisors and say, "Aha, here's what we'll do this." I think he, it's sure, just, he sure seems to want it bad. But like think, they put a lot of resources into making this happen. He's got staff working on it. Again, I think it's because he's a sports fan, and I think it's part of them trying to open up things along with uh, surviving in a pandemic. All right, welcome back. As we continue talking with Keith Baldry, your calls to him, 604-280-9898, star 9898, toll free on your cell. Greg calling from Vancouver Island. Hi, Greg. Hey there. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering with this CERB, um, why I, as a middle-class taxpaying citizen, am paying other people's mortgages. I know that they're not going to help me pay mine. So those people that received the CERB, why would they not be entitled to pay it back? Why should I be able to? Well, it's a form of social assistance. So you don't pay back your welfare check. Um, it's uh, in a pandemic when you've it's got... An it's an emergency benefit. That's what, right? Yeah, we've got uh, in BC almost 14% unemployment. We've got millions of people out of work. If you were not to uh, give them some assistance... Um, your mortgage, your, you'd be hard pressed to hang onto your house because this economy would completely collapse. You'd have people, um, in dire, uh, situations, both in terms of personal health and finances. So no, this is an, an emergency benefit. That's the, the key word in, in CERB is not Canadian, not response, not benefit, emergency. It's an emergency, and it's supposed to be short-term. Now, Trudeau announced an extension of it this morning. A lot of people are starting to max out in their CERB because you can only go on it for four months, I think, is the max. So So reaching the first maximum, people are maxing out on it. So now they're extending it. We predicted at the very beginning of this thing it was not going to end at the first expiry date. It was going to get extended, and you're going to see that in all sorts of relief programs, both federally and provincially. This is going to go on for a long time, folks. Debbie and Langley. Hi, Debbie. Hi. 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 Go ahead. I just, I just have a question about the courts opening up so that landlords who only have rental income, in our case, one house, and we're seniors, so we live on that income. When he thinks, or you know, if uh, they're going to open up the courts so we can evict people who are actually abusing it, we haven't had rent since February. Okay, so you have tenants who are not paying you. Why are they not paying the rent? Uh, well, they're just saying that uh, because of COVID, they don't have to, and we can't evict them. Now, we did have a hearing, and we did win the hearing with the residential tenancy branch, but we can't enforce it yet. Yeah, so you have an eviction order. Yes. That you can't that, that can't be enforced. Have you okay. have you applied Have you applied for the benefit, the provincial benefit, to get? Was it? I think it's five hundred a month. No, I didn't know we could. Oh, well, you should absolutely do that. Yeah. And, and, it's, and, and, it's cru- and it's crucial for you to apply for it. Thank you for the call, because the landlord has to apply for it. Yeah, the okay, the, tenant, the landlord. The tenant cannot apply for it. The landlord must, must apply for this it. Is, this is going to be an interesting, this is an interesting issue going forward. I, I'm not sure if the governments have figured this out. There is a ban on evictions, which was right at the beginning of the pandemic, understandably. But more and more landlords find themselves in this position of not of suddenly holding on to this property and not able to get the money to come in to service the property, whether 
government's property taxes or, or their own basic income. And I'm not sure the government's position at the beginning of a ban on evictions is going to hold. Uh, but I, I would encourage you, caller, please uh, apply for that money because it's there for you in, in the exact circumstance that you're in. And the okay. courts are starting to open. Provincial court is starting to open. Uh, there's been a lot of criticism within the legal community that the courts were un, were wrongly shuttered. When you've got big courtrooms where you can practice social distancing, and now you're going to start to see those that court system open a bit. Okay, we got 30 seconds left. The, the BC legislature is getting set to reopen again, right? A week is that today. happening? Okay. Week today, and it's going to look completely different. A maximum of 20 or 30 MLAs in the chamber at any one time. So many of them are going to be virtual through Zoom or Skype. Uh, it's unlike anything we've ever seen before. Thanks for coming in. Talk to you tomorrow. All right, that's Keith Baldry. That is Baldry's Beat. He'll be back tomorrow.